Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my gorgeous souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Bay podcast. On today's episode, I'm bringing back Reese Evans from Yes Supply to discuss how she is integrating scientific research into her amazing coaching program to prove that, yes, absolutely, you guessed it, manifestation is 100% real and how the processes of manifestation actually work. So I'm going to go ahead and link the very first episode that we did together in the show notes in case you're curious to get the whole backstory behind Reese and hear a little bit more of her background. But in here, we're going straight into this research, the science, all of that good stuff, as well as sprinkling in some baby stuff, of course, because Reese and I were actually both pregnant at the time of this recording. I'm still pregnant. She already gave birth. If you've been feeling a little bit skeptical about all of this manifestation stuff and you're just like having a really hard time grasping it and you need some of that good old science to get yourself into a place where you believe without a shadow of a doubt that the mind is your soul's most powerful tool for transformation, get ready to become a believer as Reese breaks down some examples of how her research team is shedding light on that science behind how our thinking actually changes our physical reality. We're also going to be getting into the most effective 
predictive manifestation techniques based on the research that Reese's team has done so far. And being the science lover that I am and the super duper nerd on manifestation, this is definitely one of my favorite interviews. And I cannot wait to share with you all of the innovative things that Reese is doing in her business and the space of manifestation with you. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, my beautiful Reese. How are you doing? I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. I am doing good. Thanks so much, Catherine, for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Just I was just listening. Oh, sorry. I was just listening to the last one. So I'm so amped up to go into part two. I know. I know. I'm so excited about part two. I was going to say to anyone listening to us, we are both pregnant at the time of this recording. Reese is way further along than I am. But even um, I was just telling Reese how I didn't know how out of breath you are just from talking even since like the first trimester of pregnancy, I always thought it was like, when you have this huge belly, then it's like, yeah, it makes sense. You're like much bigger. You can't move as much. You can't move as well. No, you're always out of breath, no matter what it's been insane. So if we're like huffing and puffing, just (laughs) forgive us, please. (laughs) Reese, you've had so many like shifts since we last talked. I'm so excited to do part two. I know we went so much into your story and so much into what it is that you do and the amazing business that you've created and the quantum leaps and the quantum shifts that you have had. Um, since like we met, which was in 2017, literally fall of 2017, And, um, so if you guys want to know more about Reese and like her story and kind of those beginnings, instead of just repeating them in this episode, I'm going to have you guys go back to that episode. I'll link it in the show notes so you can listen to part one. And last time we talked, you were a mom of one little boy Mm -hmm. and now you're about to have your second child. Like what else is new? That's so wild. Yeah. In about three weeks. So I'm due on March 2nd. And what day is today? Like the 10th or 11th? 10th. Yeah. I'm having baby number two. And, you know, when I had my first one, I think we talked about this on the first podcast, I had to work through so many fears of birth because it was just ingrained in my subconscious mind, you know, all the fears, all the traumas, what you see on movies, hearing my mom and aunts talking about tearing (laughs) that type of thing. And, um, this pregnancy, I, I am planning on actually doing a home birth. So it's like, it's so funny how I quantum leaped from, you know, having a hospital birth, but making it kind of like a home birth because I did the hypno birthing and I didn't use any anesthesia to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this hundred percent at home. Um, working with midwives. It's so much more like of an organic process. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I just feel like really confident you know, this time that my body can do it. So that's a big change. Um, really, really settling into being a mom and then, you know, balancing everything with the business and everything like that. And also my first baby, I decided I'm just going to take two weeks off. Like that's all I need. This time I'm like, Nope, not doing that again. So this time taking about three or four months where I'm literally not even going to look at a screen. And then after that, I'll probably, um, you know, poke in with more like social content and that type of thing, but just giving myself a lot more space to just like be a mom and be present and not rushing back into things or anything like that. Um, as well as we talked a little bit before too, that rebuilt the entire certification from top to bottom. So those are a lot of big changes in the last year. Huge changes. I just want to say like, thank you so much for all of your tips and tricks. Last time I actually rescheduled this podcast on Reese because I was having some of the worst nausea and first trimester symptoms. And I finally went like Reese, 
no one knows this yet, but I'm pregnant and I'm in bed on my ass. I can't do anything. (laughs) Like, can we please reschedule this podcast? And of course you were so supportive. So understanding you gave me so many tips and tricks. I'm really excited to hear about your home birth because that's the route that I'm going for my first time. Um, but I'm also like this crazy, like birth lady that I've been watching births for, I don't know how long now it's my favorite pastime on YouTube. You have to ask Brennan about it. Like he's, he's literally a Catherine. I don't enjoy as much as you watching other women give birth. I'm really excited to watch you give birth, but like, this is kind of like not my thing. And I'm like, Brennan, don't understand. I'm watching this to learn and I want you to watch too. So you can learn too. And it's just been so educational. and so awesome to see all kinds of perspectives. Like I've watched C-sections, I've watched, um, hospital births. I've watched people do the natural approach in a hospital birth. Like I've seen everything. And what I feel the most in alignment with is of course, um, you know, universe willing, you know, that everything goes okay, that I would also give birth at home. And it's so interesting because I, I too had a lot of fear around birth. And for some reason, after so much of this, like positive reprogramming that I had, I'm like so excited. So I cannot wait to hear all about your birth. I think it's going to go so amazing and definitely reprogramming subconscious mind. Yeah. And it can happen like at any moment, right? Like you can come at any moment because you're full term. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Mine can come at any moment. My birth pool arrived yesterday. I just rented one. So yeah, we're going to blow it up and check it out and make sure it's, you know, inflates properly and everything like that. But I did the exact same thing, just watching video after video after video and reprogramming subconscious mind. And you're just like blubbering, like in tears, no matter how the birth happens. (laughs) It's just like such a beautiful experience. Especially when you're watching pregnant, my God, anything will make me cry for hours. And like, I didn't know it was possible to cry for eight hours a day straight, but you know, pregnancy hormones, they do weird things to you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like your business shifts because what you've done in your business is so awesome and so incredible. I remember last time on our podcast episode towards the end, I asked like, what are you excited for the future? And you talked about building a whole science department in your business and witnessing like one year later, how you not only built that, not only had a neuropsychologist come on board and a licensed therapist come on board and like restructure things. Like you literally, I, I don't know if it's, you're the one who's doing the research or the people on your team doing the research, but you have like a whole science research team proving like the effects of the tools that you use in coaching and proving how manifestation actually works. Like that's freaking amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what that journey has looked like and like what you've learned from that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember in one of my first live trainings, I remember saying to the group, we, we were talking about goals and I asked everyone their goals. And one of the students said, Freeze, what's your goal? And I'm like, oh, you, like no one usually asks me except my own coach. Right. Um, and I remember saying, I don't know how this is going to happen, but one day I'm going to have my own science and research team. And it's just a couple years later that we're beginning to launch this. And so there's, you know, a lot of learning that's happening along the way, but I, you know, just like you, believe that mindset is the core foundation of every single thing that we do. And, you know, there's so much great things that have been done in the past in terms of mindset, but like, who's really innovating it? Like who's, you know, Mm -hmm. adding to the research, who's actually looking at technology and how much our environment has changed. And then also going through a global pandemic and making everything work for that. And also to the majority of my students, I'm sure a lot of your community to work online. So how can we 
take everything that we've learned in the past and structure it to support people and create incredible changes online. Um, so that was really a big mission for our science and research team. So um, what we did when we first started was we looked at all of the research that's already available in the field that might have been catered to something else that we can apply to the work that we actually do. Um, wait, can you give an example of that? Like, I'm just curious how you even found a research team first and foremost. Yeah. Like, I want to know more about the process. And then like, what is some of the research that you looked at that caters to something else, but you're like, how can we apply it to our field? Yeah, for sure. So, um, like everything I manifested my team, people say, how do you hire people? And I literally manifest it. So I always start with imagining who the person is. Um, and I know that it's going to be for the highest good of all. Right. So it's like, I want, I want to be supported with that. Like I've looked at research and I look at studies sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know how to read this. I don't even know how to take this apart. These words are like way too long for me with my two-year visual merchandising diploma. (laughs) So I'm like, I know the support that I would like to have so that I can help people have the proof that manifestation is real, that you can change your life, that neuroplasticity, you know, is a thing that you can think completely differently. And then I also think about, Who's on the other side? Who is the person who has their PhD or has their master's and maybe they're out there doing scientific research already, but they're not lit up about it, right? How many people do Mm -hmm. we know that are working in jobs and they're like, okay, I'm kind of doing some of the stuff that I like, but I'm not lit up about it. It's like, how can I give that person their dream job? Literally every single role on my team, like, it's their dream job in some way. And they're like, for example, um, Olivia, who's our customer relationship manager, she said she did a manifestation um, meditation. And then the email came through that we were job hunting or, you know, uh, role hunting, like hiring. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Another fun fact about pregnancy is how many words we forget. (laughs) It's actually so embarrassing. No, I'm not even joking. It reminds me of if you're an OG listener of the MB podcast, like when I had my breast implants in, it really affected my memory and I had severe memory loss. And now with pregnancy, I'm like, awesome. We're going back to the beginnings. Yeah, (laughs) I'm forgetting my words. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think that's a chemical that is, but that helps to like loosen our joints so that the baby can come out and also does something to like, you know, make us not as sharp with remembering certain things. Um, But yeah, so essentially I put it out into the universe that I wanted to have this type of person on my team and we manifested the exact perfect fit. She um, has a PhD. She also has um, worked on children's programs, like helping them do the programming to make sure that it's like the right research to help children. And she actually went through the yes supply method. So it was like kind of a blend of knowing things outside of what we do. And then of course, went through the coaching certification um, as well. So it really does make a difference when you just put out into the universe, how can we bring, you know, us together? That's for the highest good of all. So um, how we found them was we just either posted on Instagram or emailed our list and said, we're hiring for this type of role. I manifested and dreamed up. What would my dream person on my team do and made a list and then put that in the job description and then, you know, wait until that divine timing hits. Um, And then I think the second part of the question you were asking was, like, what is she looking at in the field? So essentially I have things in my life that I know just work. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it work either for me, or I've seen it work with our clients or students or whatever it is. And so I'm like, I want to see if there's a way that science 
can prove this or science has already proved this. So we'll have meetings about, okay, this is one of the theories that I kind of have. Is there any research that already um, exists in the field? And she'll go into like scientific papers and actually like Google it and research and, and everything like that to see if it already exists. So one that's coming to mind for me, cause you're asking for examples was yeah. um, there's one in terms of intention where they put um, headphones on people and they have like sounds that are coming through and they find that the sounds are kind of equally going in the right ear or the left ear. And then they ask people to set an intention of which ear they want the sound to come through and they find beyond a statistical doubt that it goes into the ear that they're setting the intention, right? So that's just like one example of how our intention, our thinking changes like physical reality right um and so she'll go out and she'll look at things that are already there and see how we can apply it i was on another podcast recently and we were just talking about the science stuff as well and i was sharing how you know this is something that i really want to invest in because if science if we're not investing in the science it doesn't it doesn't exist. Like we don't have the proof that certain things work. And she was blown away. She's in the health field. And she's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense how, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, they have all of these studies because they're putting money to say this little pill can help you do this. And this little drug can help you do this. But um, taking a vitamin C tablet or going for a long walk, that doesn't make anyone really any money. So of course there's no money funding that science. So it's like, if we want to be able to innovate our field of mindset um, and be able to prove like uh, this manifestation technique works or hypnosis works or whatever it is, we have to fund it because if it's not funded, there's not going to be any researchers or scientists on it. So what she did was she just began to look out to see how are the certain techniques that we're using already proof-based um, and evidence-based from other methods that they were used. And then what we started to do late last year was our own research as well. So one of our first um, studies was EFT and breath work. So we gave uh, the people who are being part of the study, the participants in the study, trying to find my words because my because <laughs> they keep escaping me. Uh, we gave the participants in the study a specific breathing exercise and a certain EFT exercise. And they did that for a number of days. And we were able to see that in the time that they participated, their heart rate variability. So we were using um, different tools to measure like biofeedback, their heart rate variability increased. And so when someone has a higher heart rate variability, what that shows is that they're better able to regulate their nervous system. So just in the short study, we were able to say, if you do EFT and this breathing technique, for a certain amount of days, you're actually creating changes. We saw a 14% higher just in a short, I think it was like maybe four or five days that you are better able to regulate your nervous system. So what happens is we start to form new neural pathways, you know, neuroplasticity, and that becomes something that, that we can regularly move through because, you know, going through life, it isn't just like we want life to be perfect and we can just yeah. be happy all the time because life is always perfect because things happen, right? right? It's how we get through life being able to either stay positive or go back into the emotional state that we want to is by our nervous system being able to regulate so that even when that negative thing happens, 
we're able to, you know, process, work through it, and then get back into the state that we want. So that was the one of the first studies that we did. Another one that we did used muscle testing, which we talked about last time as well, um, and internalizing beliefs. So we gave the participants a, um, a certain test to do, and we looked at their scores, how they rated on the score. And then we help them internalize the belief that they are going to do very good on a test. Mm. And we use muscle testing. So, you know, the message from the subconscious mind to see how much do they really believe that they're going to do better on the test when they're able to see that they believe that they're do better on the test. We gave them a similar test, but it was changed up so that, you know, it's not just answering the same thing over and over again. And their results increased by 17%. So it was able to show that if you internalize a belief that you can do something positively, it increases how well you can do it. So that was incredible to see. And one of the next ones that um, we're putting together a report for and that she's going to do next is on coherence. So um, we've been looking a lot at biophotons, which is the light energy that comes from our DNA. And even though we can't see it with our eyes, because our eyes would have to be a thousand times stronger to be able to see it, we can feel it. We can feel, you know, when you say you can feel people's energy, yes. a lot of that is biophotons. That's the light coming from our DNA naturally. And it shifts with our emotions. It shifts with our state and how we feel. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to measure how when I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm on a Zoom call, maybe I'm your coach, when I'm on a Zoom call with you and I'm feeling a certain way and these biophotons are emitting from my body, how does it shift how my client feels? So it's going to be really interesting to see the results from that. And we're just going to keep theorizing what are some things that we want to be able to understand better or perhaps prove and then see what the science shows us. That is so cool. And so once you have those results, is this just something that you share with your Um, coaches, your students, your clients that helps them more so believe in the work that they're doing. Like the, like, for example, the techniques that they learn inside of yes, supply certification is the science really to help them like further cement that like this technique absolutely works. And here's why it, or like, the reason why I'm asking is because I have this download very similar because, um, to, to you as to like, people need more of the science stuff. And though I'm not nearly as deep as like how far you've gone, I have done some digging into like, uh, studies myself only because I have a degree in biology. So I kind of have an idea of where to look for studies. And though I'm sure I missed like so many cooler studies, I did really go into like, PubMed and like all of these databases back in biology. Yeah. And I just started like looking up like as many as I could, that I could supply at least in my very first module of MBA to where, because I knew when people are coming in, like, I know I have people who are already, they're already believers of manifestation. So there are people like me where I didn't really need very much of the scientific proof to go for some reason, I believe this, like for some reason I know Mm -hmm. it works. Right. And I don't know why. And for me, it was really a past life connection and like knowing that I'm just remembering, um, ancient wisdom that I've always been connected to. So for me, it was like, I dove deeper into the ancient wisdom than I ever did the science. And I know for other people, like I just got this like huge, like vision of so many different people and they're all on different wavelengths. They're on the same wavelength of like transformation, but different wavelengths of how they need information in order to make changes and actually use the tools in their lives. 
And I um, dedicated module one to sharing all the science so that by the time you get out of module one, it's like, you have no more doubts, right? There's like no more doubts. You're a true believer. You're a full believer. You're ready to implement. You're ready to go. And I have seen such a massive improvement in people like sticking with the program, diving in past module one, being really excited, um, having their minds blown, and then like actually getting excited to like implement the technique. So I was curious if that, if that's like the same intention that you have. And it's obviously seems like it is because it's been so, so helpful. Like it's been actually so amazing. And I'm so impressed with like how far you've gone with it. Like you have a whole research team. That's epic race. Like that's so amazing. And it's so like, I'm so fascinated by everything that you're sharing so far. I know people want to ask this question just because I'm really good at assuming what my podcast listeners would ask if I were them. What are some of like the most effective techniques that you have discovered through your research and through what you've learned about the science of manifestation? Like what are some of the most effective techniques that people can use or like that your that you teach your clients that people would know yes, this absolutely works because the research has proven it to work. Mm, That's such a good question. So for the first part of the question, yes, absolutely. Like, so when I first heard authors and personal development speakers say, you can have it all and you can manifest. I was like, I want to believe it. I've had manifestations work in the past, but that logic, you know, we're so programmed, like you need logic, you need facts, everything like that. And so for the people who want to believe, but there's that little voice in their head that says this, there's no way this could possibly be real. Yeah, That's who I wanted to get and gather the science for. And that's who I was because I didn't believe it until I really started to learn about like growth versus fixed mindset, neuroplasticity, the subconscious mind, everything like that. Um, And then yes, also too, because there's information on manifestation, like what you've gathered too, which is incredible. And I wanted to be able to give our coaches specifics to say, okay, we use the switch. So for one of the studies I just told you about, we use the swish pattern to internalize the belief. And then they had this 17% increase. So now our students are able, who are coaches are able to say, yes, this is going to increase this by this percentage. And so it can really help them back all of the work that it is that they're doing. Um, And then what we also plan to launch later this year is the Yes Supply Institute. So that's going to be live on a separate page where people can go and they can look at the research that we gather, whether it's catered specifically to our techniques or if it's just interesting findings in general. So we really want to become like a resource for combining science and mindset techniques and manifestation, all of that fun stuff. So I'm so excited. Um, Just a side note. I'm so excited to reference your research now in my own work. Be like, oh, check out you. Yes Supply Institute. Look at what they've proven. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to just keep expanding and keep growing the team and everything like that. So I'm so excited. And I just love to nerd out on that. Like it's one yeah. thing when you manifest something cool, but it's another thing to be like all this science and data behind it too. And you can kind of mix the intuitive and the logical side. Um, and so for the second part of your question of like, which techniques are most science back so far, I think it's such an interesting, I think it's like, we're just starting out. So I can't give you the final answer yet. Yeah. So there's certain modalities that there's more science that already exists. 
and certain that don't. So for example, hypnosis, there's actually quite a bit of science that already exists. And then that was so interesting to dive into as well. So, you know, before this, I understood that when you go into a state of hypnosis, you go into the deeper brainwave states and everything like that. And I was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. And so now, you know, with some of the research that she's found that already exists, it just talks more about how when we go into that state of hypnosis, it actually blocks certain areas of the brain that interact with the outside mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think, why it also works so well for pain relief, right? Like why I was able to use it for my birth and so people are able to use it for birth yeah. for um, pain management. And it used so to it be like a form of actual anesthesia. Like, did, yes. like back before anesthesia or people who are allergic to anesthesia, like even present yes. day, like hypno, hypno, I can talk about hypnosis forever. Hypnosis is one of my personal favorite tools to use. Like one of my personal, most effective tools. And I have seen, um, research that says like, I forgot the exact percentages, but it's like, it has like a 96% success rate from like four yes. sessions versus like other modalities. They take longer amount of sessions and they only have like 30%. Uh, hypnosis is amazing. You guys, like if you haven't gotten on hypnosis yet, get on hypnosis. I actually, my most recent successful hypnosis session was for conceiving this baby. And I went in two weeks later to my hypnotherapist and I said, Hey, I'm going to need a new hypnosis because the last one worked too well. Like I need, I need something new. And she looked at me and she's like, are you pregnant? And I was like, yes. And she was like, holy shit, like you're such a sponge. That's awesome. Let's move forward. And anyway, I can go on and on about hypnosis forever, but yes, there's a lot of research that backs it up. For sure. Yes. I've seen, and I don't have the exact number on me too, but I've seen that exact study where it's like, they go to psychotherapy and it's this amount of improvement. Um, but then after a certain amount of time, it kind of fades away, but with hypnosis, it can be a shorter amount of time you know, working with your hypnotherapist and it's a much more permanent, um, result. And, you know, as we're saying this too, I think it's so important for everyone to also look inside and ask what's right for me. Cause there could be someone yes. who they're like, no, I love my therapist and that, and that's the path that I'm going to take. And so it's so yeah. important to look inwards, but it's also just so interesting to see the research that's out there too. Um, so with hypnosis, there's quite a bit of research that already exists. EFT, there's also, over a hundred peer review studies too. So there is quite a bit of research that exists for that. Um, and with EFT emotional freedom techniques, it's really cool because like in the studies that are already existing, there's so much about post-traumatic stress disorder and also nervous system regulation. And it's just so interesting to see how it works with the brain and works within our energy meridians and everything like that too. So I would say out of all of the modalities that's where the majority of science that already exists is what we found. And so what we're going to be focusing on a lot too in the next couple of years is submodalities. So, you know, you studied MLP, so you know all about submodalities. And I know for me, when I first found out about submodalities, my mind was absolutely blown. So I'm like, there's this whole language of the mind that's sitting right in front of my face and I can't even see it. And so there's interesting things here and there that show, you know, that we think about things in pictures, sounds, and feelings, and how we act and react towards things that are kinesthetic and everything like that. But there's not a lot of research done in how it actually, how how we store our thoughts or ideas of certain things can be shifted so easily, like how we see with the techniques. So that's one of the things that I'm like, I know it works. 
our students know it works. Like the person who was addicted to Coca-Cola, like can't even look at it anymore. The person who was scrolling Instagram for 10 hours a day now has like way better time management and just like looks at it once and then is off for the day. It's like, we see the instant results. So now it's like, let's get some science and research behind that because it didn't exist before so that our students can say, yes, this really works. And here's some of the research why. Um, And that's why it's so important to innovate because NLP, for example, it was created in the 1970s. How many things are different from the 1970s? So many cell phones. (laughs) You know, um, my husband was was watching Seinfeld a couple of weeks ago and it's like, he was looking for a payphone. It's like, can you imagine having to go out and look for a payphone? So there wasn't cell phones. You know, it was invented by a couple of white men, right? And so we wanted to integrate um, trauma-sensitive work and DEI into our work too, because we want this to be catered to everyone who wants to change their life. Um, And that's actually something that our um, researcher also really looks at when she does her studies too. She brings in people from diverse backgrounds. So she's looking at people with different neurodiversities, different backgrounds, different income ranges, everything like that, so that we feel like the data that we're using is a true reflection of the real world. It's not like, you know, a couple of dudes who discovered a a great technique and I'm grateful for them because I'm grateful this work exists. Yeah. But now we're like, how do we reach more people and help more people with it? What are neurodiversities? Oh, like if somebody has like ADHD mm. or ADD, so how, um, and, and different things too, um, but how they might perceive certain techniques or how certain techniques work with them can be different. Um, there's a few things that she discovered and now for some reason I'm drawing a blank and, and nothing's coming. Oh, so actually now I just thought of one. So, you know, when we learn about eye patterns, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. how you look in certain direction to access certain information. So you might look up for visual and down for your data and logic area of how you store your memories and thoughts and everything like that. So some of the research that she's been able to pull finds that perhaps sometimes people with ADD or ADHD, they store that information differently or it's harder for them to Mm -hmm. access. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how we might've learned certain techniques is, oh no, 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 it works for everyone, no matter what. And now we know that- you know, if you have different ways of learning or different ways of how your brain works or everything like that, we want to be able to cater to that. And so we teach that in our certification too, so that our coaches, when they go out into the world, they're not just saying like, no, 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 this is hundred percent going to work. Like just try harder or something like that. But we can actually be sensitive to someone's needs and someone's background and also be able to think creatively, you know, if we want to help someone get to a certain transformation, perhaps that might not be the right technique for them in this moment. Perhaps we want to use a different technique. I know that NLP, like just from my own memory of like going through the certification myself, it is when I look back, so focused on just the mental work, like everything could be done in the mind. And I know something that you have done is obviously integrated like nervous system, body, somatic work. I'm just curious, like how did that integrate into what you now teach? Like, what does that look like? And why is it so important to bring in the nervous system and talk about the body? Cause people always, even like when I think about it, I'm like, we always say mind body connection, Mm -hmm. but we're always like, especially from the original 1970s NLP, we're always going from the mind to the body. 
um, and saying like the body's going to change from the mind, but never thinking about how we can also do things with our body that can also change our mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like how that came up for you and like some of the work that you've done around that, like, what are some of the changes that you've made in the certification since learning some of those things as well? Yeah, for sure. So when I think back to my own healing journey after, you know, living with living in an abusive home and then, you know, watching my mom go through cancer and having a lot of terrible things that I've had to work through. It's interesting because back then I was so drawn to yoga Mm -hmm. and I didn't know why there was like two yoga studios. It wasn't even popular yet, Um, but I was so drawn to it. And when the yoga teacher would give us some time right before, um, you know, you do, I think it's called the Savasana when you just lie there, she would often say, just do whatever you want to do. And I would find myself doing a lot of back bends or a lot of hip openers. And now looking back, I realized like when you go through trauma, a lot of the time you constrict yourself, you make yourself smaller. Mm-hmm. And so part of my healing was opening up my shoulders, opening up, you know, becoming into this more confident pose. And then also too, we store a lot of stress and a lot of trauma in our hips, um, as well as of course, like our fascia, our muscles, and sometimes our organs as well. So just thinking of my own healing journey, I realized like, I remember times in that yoga class, just sitting there crying, not even knowing Mm. why I was crying, but I was releasing. Um, and so it's, to me, it's not mind body connection. It's that the mind and body, they're all one. It's all works in this like incredible psychosocial cybernetic system. So if we experience a traumatic experience, something happens to us, a lot of the time when we go into fight or flight or freeze or fawn, we go into that shock, it actually, because our body is trying to conserve energy and and keep us safe, it can often actually block off how we verbalize things. Like, you know, when you're just shocked and you can't even speak, right? And so if that trauma is stored in our body where we weren't even able to verbalize or go through, uh, talk through what we were um, experiencing, then now when we're trying to work through it, sometimes just talking about it isn't enough because we're not accessing that same place where that trauma is stored. So I think they're both important for their own um, reasons, but I think it's important to work with both. Um, Another thing too is, so how we share in our program is we go through a whole trauma sensitive module. And then we also look at if there's certain techniques where the coach should be thinking about certain trauma sensitive aspects while they're working with their clients. So in the trauma sensitive module, we go through intake forms and trauma screening. So the very first time you work with someone, you're able to gather a little bit of information on their background and you can make sure that like your marketing, your communication is in check because you don't want to start off with someone who, you know, you have coaching experience but it's someone who actually perhaps needs to work with a psychotherapist or something like that before working with you because the trauma is affecting their life so greatly that coaching won't help them just yet. Right. Um, and that can be something. And we also talk to you about how to refer out if that is the right fit and, and what to look for. So that can just be something that makes people feel really settled about how, who they're bringing into their coaching practice. Um, we also teach about the different trauma responses And we show you how to look for the physical markers. So if you're working one-on-one or you're working in a group and you notice certain physical changes, that can be a tip off that someone might be moving into a space where they've been re-traumatized. And we don't know what someone's triggers 
are, right? Like we can think of a lot of top words um, that might trigger someone, but there could be things that happen to them, like a certain fruit that triggers them. It could be literally anything. Yeah. For me, you know what was my trigger? So my mom was in an abusive or one of my triggers. I've had to work through a lot of them. Uh, one of my, or when, my, when my mom was in the abusive relationship, um, her partner worked shift work and he would come home like super early in the morning and he would like jam the key in the door and like, like to open up the door. And so for years after, I didn't realize, but every time someone would like, op- like unlock a door kind of aggressively like even if they didn't mean it my whole body would go into shock and so I realized it when I was living with my husband who is the gentlest soul who would never (laughs) do anything you know he just would never even dream of it he would come home from work or friends or working out or whatever and when you put the key in the door I would go into like shock like I would freeze and I'm like okay there's something that's going on here because I shouldn't have to feel like that every time my husband or my yeah. boyfriend at the time, husband comes home. And so for that, I actually used anchoring. So that's a little bit of body, a little bit of mind. Um, and I was able to use collapsing anchors to release that um, negative anchor. So anyway, I went on a bit of a tangent, but we don't always know what someone's triggers are going to be or what might move them into um, fight or flight or freeze or fawn. But when we can visually see how someone is in their normal waking state, and then we can see, okay, they've had a color shift, they've had a physiological shift, whatever it is, even if they're not even crying yet, right? that can help us know what to do next. So we also teach our coaches how to create their own crisis protocol. So if you're leading a session, you know, knock on wood, I hope that everything is always great. But if you're leading a session and something happens that you might not have usually been prepared for, our licensed therapist shows you how to create your own crisis protocol. So when that happens in the moment, you as the coach don't also go into shock. You're like, okay, traumatized for this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it can happen if you haven't thought about it before, if you're not prepared for it, you just want all your clients to be good. You're going like, Oh, what do I do? And so yeah. if you've already thought about a crisis protocol, you can kind of put it into action and at least move through that situation, make sure that you feel good. The rest of the group feels good. If it's a group experience and that person, um, you know, feels safe or protected or whatever it is, as well as we have resources for if different people have different needs, who to call, where to refer out to, whatever that is. So that's a big part of it. Um, As well as we've upgraded some of the scripts to be more trauma sensitive. Um, and then letting people know if there's certain coaching techniques that could perhaps bring someone into a place that they're not ready to process mm. something, how to have disclaimers or talk the person through it beforehand so that they're ready for the technique. So yeah. one big aspect of creating a trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive environment is giving people choice and giving people context. Um, and so, you know, when rather than just saying, hey, we're going to do a technique, like close your eyes and let me work my magic. We now know that giving people choice of like, would you like to do this? Or would you like to do that? Or this is what we're going to do. And this is how you might feel. Are you ready? Um, Giving them consent as well can make a huge difference in how they feel in the coaching relationship, because it's not you doing coaching to someone. It is both people, you know, holding hands and and moving through whatever the transformation is that they need together. I think that's so important. Like the consent piece is so important 
because a lot of things can be so jolting. Like you said, like we don't know what, sometimes we don't know what our own triggers are until we experience them. And if we sense that we're not ready to experience something like it's totally okay for us to give ourselves space. Cause I, I believe eventually at some point, like even just the awareness itself helps release a little bit. And then once that, like the, the, the lid on the steam pot comes off just a little bit, a little bit of steam escapes, some time passes and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to ready to go into a little bit more. And then you let out a little bit more steam. And then all of a sudden, like you're ready for the the technique to help you fully Mm -hmm. release the, the steam pot. So I think that's so amazing what you're doing. And like, um, can you talk a little bit about what it looks like? Like, what are some of the signs of, um, the re-traumatization? Like, how do you know if someone's getting re-traumatized or even just like what it means to be Mm re-traumatized? So, um, when someone is, is re-traumatized, they could either consciously or even sometimes it happens subconsciously go back into the emotions or the memory of the initial thing that happened. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of your audience knows what some of the, the common trauma responses are. So there's fight. So getting aggressive, wanting to fight, um, getting loud, whatever that is. Um, so showing some aggression, there's flight. So that's wanting to leave, wanting to run away, wanting to shut the laptop. End the session. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. End the session. Exactly. Um, there's freeze where, you know, you just panic. You, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. Um, you might dissociate completely from the event in general. And then there's fawn. So my two are either freeze or fawn. If anyone was wondering what mine are. Um, and so fawn <laughs> is, is it? Yeah. Fawn is an interesting one where, um, you might actually act like you want to like, please the attacker, please the abuser, please, uh, the person you wouldn't even usually think, or just please everyone in the situation, because your form of safety is making sure everybody else is okay, um, because that makes you feel safer. And a lot of the time when you fawn, you abandon yourself, you abandon your own needs, your wants, your opinion, what it is that you want to say to make sure everyone else is good. And can sometimes if you do it too chronically, you can kind of forget who you are because you're so busy doing everything for everyone else. So how you can see these is there's physical markers as well. So for example, you might see a color change. So it's really important to know how your clients look in their normal state and kind of calibrating, building reports, getting to know, so you know how they are normally so that when they have a shift, um, obviously like if they start crying profusely crying, I think tears are very, very good. So I don't want to say don't cry. Like tears are very, very good for emotional release. You're releasing the physical aspect of the emotions that are happening within. So that's important. But if it's too far where they can't even gain control, that could be something. Um, It could be the shift in how they're holding their body. It could be a color change. It could be um, their pupils dilating, their heart rate increasing, their breathing increasing. Those are some things to typically look for, as well as what they're saying. So a lot of the time, if we are kind of, spending a lot of time with heightened adrenaline and cortisol and kind of living our lives in trauma responses, how we talk and what we say is also going to reflect that we're in that. So somebody who's very much in a scarcity mindset, 
a lot of the time they're spending a lot of their mindset and a lot of their thoughts in a trauma response. So if they think, oh, only that other person can be successful and I can't, or if you notice your clients are always competing, like they just have to, I need to get to 10K followers because that other person's at 9K. They're always competing. It's like there's not enough. That can actually be a sign that someone's living from a very um, traumatized place rather than from you know, a place where they know that they're safe. They know that there's more than enough for them. They know that they can have the life that they want or whatever. They don't need to take away from other people. So certain things that they say as well can help us know if somebody is in that kind of state, as well as um, for each of those uh, trauma responses I just talked about, like if someone just gets aggressive, right? Like they're going into fight, uh, to fight mode and it doesn't have to be that they punch you, but it it could just be like something that they say they're snapping at you. They're snapping at other people. That could be a sign that they're going into a trauma response and they're trying to keep themselves safe by fighting, fighting, maybe working through something, fighting, talking about something, fighting with another person, making someone wrong. Freezing could be, they're just not participating. They've just, they're not asking questions. They're not answering questions. That's me. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and that can often be me too, or they're flighting, like they're like not showing up for classes, not keep canceling their, um, coaching calls with you, or perhaps they say like, I'm really excited to do this speech next week. And then they keep flighting from that. Mm-hmm. that. That can be, um, that can help you as a coach gain awareness that in those moments where they're going to go do the thing that helps them achieve the goal, they're going back to that trauma response. And so kind of to bring this all back around to what we were talking about with the mind body connection and everything like that, safety in your body, feeling safe, whether you're about to do that speech, feeling safe, whether you're on that zoom call, whatever that is, um, or talking about something that is outside of your comfort zone. When you feel safer in your body, you're going to be able to think better, you know, in a more rational way. Um, You'll be more focused. You'll be in your parasympathetic nervous system. You'll be calmer and you'll be able to, you know, take the inspired action, whatever it is that you want to create the life of your dreams. But when, if we want to do something, even when we logically know, oh, all I have to do is one, two, three, all I have to do is three live streams and sell my program and I'll make my million dollars or whatever it is that I want to make. If every time you go to do that, you don't feel safe in your body, it's going to cut off your creativity. It's going to cut off how you're able to logically think your innovation, everything like that. You're going to feel unsafe. And then you move into freezing or running or fawning or whatever that is. I was going to say a lot of this like trauma work um, that I've done personally, a lot of people ask me like, Catherine, what is your secret to your launches? And I always tell them like being chill (laughs) is my secret to my successful launches. And now that you're saying all of this, like this is the work that I do when I launch my program, because I know that the work, like all the work leading up to that open cart is already done. And through the open cart period to the closed cart period, it's all about emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. It's all about nervous system regulation. It's all about Mm -hmm. letting challenges come up without giving them any meaning. It's about being able to handle like unexpected, you know, things or like, um, not having excessively high expectations of myself, not being hard on myself, not like getting into very negative self-talk. If like the numbers don't look great by day two, like, oh my God, it means like, this is a failed launch and Catherine, you're a failure. I recognize as you're talking about all this, like a lot of the EFT, the breath work, the, all these modalities, I 
I mean, I use them in my daily life, but like during a launch, like this is where I really spend all my time. And this is like the key. Like, I don't believe that the key to manifesting your dream life is always feeling good. Cause like you Mm -hmm. said, it's not about manifesting a perfect life. It's about being able to handle all of the waves and being able to surf the waves of life without letting any wave overtake you and overwhelm you and overcome you. And I think that starts with, like you said, a strong foundation. So when you're able to release trauma, you have the strong foundation and then anything else that comes up, like something you mentioned, you know, like the key in the, the door. Yes. One of my things for the longest time, I realized I developed this fear of driving, um, alone at night or just driving at night mm-hmm. like in LA. Anytime I'm in my car at night, I, and like at a stoplight, my heart would start pounding and I would like Mm. expect someone to like walk up to my window with a gun. And I'm Mm. like, where is this coming from? You know, this is right when I got into like my trauma work and I'm like, this is interesting. This is, I'm becoming aware of this, the perfect time. So like, let's go into it and discover what it is. And I started bringing that feeling into my breathwork practices and, and just tapping, you know, as I'm feeling that emotion, doing breathing techniques, all that stuff. And I realized I completely blocked out a memory that I had where these, um, kids in my high school, when I just moved to Washington state, I was in a brand new city, a brand new town. So I don't really know, like, are there any bad areas to this town? You know, you don't know anything. And so I'm like, just trusting this guy to drive me to meet up with some friends that were meeting up at this plaza. Cause it's like a small town. So that's what you do on a Friday night. And all of a sudden, um, these like three guys run up to her car, put a gun to my head and start like (sighs) screaming at me. And I literally went into like classic freeze where I just like froze and I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't breathe. It was like, everything went silent. And I was like, I'm going to die right now. Like, this is it. I'm going to die. And all of a sudden they like break out in laughter. And I realized it's like some sort of a prank that they pulled. And, um, And finally, through this trauma-informed work, I made that connection of like, oh, this is where this is coming from. Okay, now that I know that's the root cause, let me work on releasing that. And of course, I've come so far where I'm able to drive um, at night without having any stress or any, you know, my heart racing or my palms sweating or like, oh my God, someone's going to approach me. But it's very interesting like how... Like my point with all that is for anyone listening, like a lot of what I share with like my students, for example, inside of MBA is to just become aware of like how things make you feel. And if you are all of a sudden, like experiencing a trigger, like instead of labeling it as like something that's negative, get really curious about it and start asking like, Hmm this is interesting. Why am I feeling this way? Why is this coming up right now? Where is that coming from? And then applying the tools that Reese teaches inside of her certification will help you actually, um, release them so that you can feel safe in your body and, you know, safety in your body, safety in your life, like has such a huge thing to do, to do with manifestation, because if you aren't feeling safe at where you're currently at in your reality, it's really hard for you to manifest a dream reality because your dream reality, you know, with the amount of like risks that you have to take to get there with the amount of like stepping outside of your comfort zone that you have to do to get to your dream life. Like if you already don't feel safe, you're not going to feel any safer taking like massive action. Right. 
So I love the work that you do, Reese. And I know we can go on and on and on forever about the amazing tools and the science and all of that good stuff. So I'm sure people are going to be really curious to, um, to visit your certification, your website. And then you said the Institute is launching soon, right? It hasn't launched yet. Hasn't launched yet. It'll be sometime this year. So they're working feverishly on the website. (laughs) Amazing. So that'll come. So make sure you're following Reese. Reese, where can people find you? Find out about your work, join your certification and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow along with my life on Instagram at Yes Supply. So sharing a lot of behind the scenes, especially with this new baby coming into the world. I'm so excited to see all your behind the scenes of your baby coming into the world too. Um, And then on our website, we actually have a lot of great blog posts and stuff. So um, there's one, if you're a little interested in science and energy, there's one called Think Energy is Woo Woo, read this. So that could be a great blog post to kind of introduce the science and everything like that, um, as well as um, on the website, you can also find information about the certification and we have two styles of the certification. So that was another big upgrade we did. You can do self-paced. So if you're busy, you can do it on your own schedule or, and you know, late hours of the night, early hours of the evening, we have trainers all across the world, as well as if you like to be supported and kind of show up at the same time every week, we have our cohorts that launch every few months where you can join one of those as well. Amazing. And we're going to put the link inside the show notes for exactly where to find Reese. Um, everything is going to be spelled right and properly. I know sometimes even when I'm sharing certain things, I like blur out the words and then you can't really tell how to spell something. So I'm going to put everything in the show notes. You guys can click around, find more about Reese and Reese. Thank you so much for being here. I know you've had a really hard week. So the fact that you came on here to share your beautiful wisdom and just be the light in the world that you are means a lot to me. And thank you so much for sharing your energy and your wisdom with us. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. All right, you guys, to the rest of you, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.